Hi, I'm Ashley, and I am so happy you're here for the Kick Ash Live podcast. And today, as many days, we are simply sharing stories about life because stories are how we heal, stories are how we grow, stories are about how we love one another. And today, I get to share. Peter Poulos' story. Today, Peter and I chat. You need to know him. Let me just tell you that on Instagram, he goes by The Real Champagne Pete, and his tagline is Dancing My Way Through Life and Drinking Wine Along the Way. Sign me up, yeah? This is how I met Peter. Way back in the day, Peter, when they were children, he was in the 4-H club with one of my kids' godfathers, Jim Hildebrandt. Love him. And a couple of years back, I was an accidental wine shop owner. The long and the short of it is that I was a silent investor in a wine shop in a small coastal town in Florida, and things were going really well. And then all of a sudden, things just went south. And there were a lot of things behind that, a lot of painful things. And my operations partner up and moved to Colorado. And suddenly I had on my hands a business that was deeply in debt, that was six hours away from my home. And, uh, you know, there was me not knowing a thing about wine other than the fact that I enjoy it a lot. And so Jim, my lifelong friend, reached out to Peter and Peter dropped everything and spent hours coaching me to try to figure out what to do, what next steps to take to salvage the business. And this just speaks to Peter's big heart and his generous spirit. And I knew that I needed to have him on the podcast. Like you just need to know Peter. I will tell you, the wine shop didn't make it. You know this by now. But there was a lot of love there along the way. And my friendship with Peter is something that I will always treasure from that journey. So Peter is a sommelier at Highland Fine Wine, and it's just a walk away in my neighborhood. It's just right up the road. Also, Peter is the 2022 sommelier smackdown champion in Atlanta, And you need to go on his Insta to see this, but he got a belt like you would see in the, in the wrestling world. And he took this belt from the Psalm Smackdown all over the world. It's so fun to watch that journey. Peter is also a dance choreographer and a dance instructor. And I think last week on the pod, I said that Peter does dance choreography for the Atlanta Falcons football team. Yeah, that was my mistake. That would be a lot of fun to watch. But Peter actually works with the cheerleaders, including Joyce McNally, who is my favorite cheerleader. She has an incredible story about never giving up, and I would love to have her on here. So stick around. But in this episode, Peter and I talk about self-care, about wine, about dance, and about life. So go grab a glass and hang out. I will be right here in my tiara sipping rosé champagne, and you'll understand why very soon. Also, don't miss the last five minutes or so of our chat because it's so beautiful. All right, here we go. Peter, thank you for doing this with me. Um, I just think you are a light in this world. You have so much energy and so much love for people and so much joy that it just like bounces off of you. We're going to talk about all the things, but before we even go into that, like what is that? You know, I don't really know. And it's, I I don't mean to sound um, full of myself when I say this, but I get that from a lot of people that a lot of people Mm -hmm. say that I'm very charismatic and I give off a lot of good energy. I don't think that I do that all the time. (laughs) I mean, I definitely have (laughs) my days, Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I've reached a point um, where I started feeling like I wanted to live life a little bit more full throttle and I wanted to be a little bit more technicolor. Mm. Um, it, It does take some work 
And it does take a lot out of me. I have to, you know, I really got to focus sometimes on my own self-care and how to recharge my batteries um, in order for me to, like you said, be that light for yeah. other people. And I just, I don't know, I really appreciate um, being described like that because that's how I want to be perceived. I want to be perceived as someone who like, I want to be able to make you laugh. I want to make, be able to make you feel good about who you are in your skin and where you are right now. So thank you for saying that. You're gassing me up. I love it. Yes, let's go. Let's go. hundred <laughs> percent. You are such a light. And gosh, I'm not even going on my outline right now, but like you say, self-care, what does self-care mean to you? Because I really believe you can't give that light to other people if you're not taking care of yourself. So what does that look like yeah, for you? Absolutely. So, it, you know, it changes. Um, I feel like, you know, if you think about all these identities within yourself that you have to cultivate, your spiritual identity, your creative identity, your um, physical identity, your spiritual identity, if you think about these like different identities being like plants, you have to water all of these plants all the time, right? Some plants may not need water as much as others, and some plants you can let go on cruise control. And if you're really in tune, when your body starts to go out of balance on any one of those things, then you realize, okay, I need to, I need to work on that. By no means does that mean that you need to like run a marathon or that you need to, you know, cook a six course dinner or go to therapy. Maybe all of those things will work for you. Maybe none of those things do. Sometimes rest is invaluable. I think that that's super important too, but I like to feed all of these different identities within myself. Mm. And like I said, not every day. Today I fed part of my physical identity. I went for a run. I hate every single step on that run, <laughs> but I enjoy being outside. I enjoy listening to the music. I enjoy the feeling of accomplishment when I'm done because I don't like it so much. When I'm done, I feel like I can celebrate just that much more. And um, after COVID and during COVID, I realized I needed to let go of things that weren't serving me, things that I were holding on to just to hold on to them, whether they're friendships, whether they're small part-time jobs, you know, some of my uh, side hustles, as it were, had to let some of those go friendships, um, had to let some of my own insecurities go and just be okay with like being by myself. Cause I'm, you know, I'm alone. I'm single for everybody out there. I'm single. Me um, too, friend. Me too. <laughs> but I'm not lonely. I have, yes. I have so much fun last night. Mm -hmm. Um, you just mentioned what did self-care look like? Well, yesterday mm -hmm. for me, it meant that I spent the whole, I spent the majority of the day before noon on my sofa watching TV, just mindless TV and getting into it and, and laughing and giggling. And it's, you know, people say it's trash TV, but I love it because it takes me out of my world. Then I went to the grocery store and I was at the lake with some friends and got in the water and got in the sun. And that was my way of recharge and cooked a big dinner last night. And I was in bed at 8.30, 8.45 and but that day is not happening today. Today I've had all these other things that I'm doing and my tomorrow doesn't look like today and my Thursday doesn't look like Wednesday. I don't have any two days that ever look alike. My schedule is crazy. Uh, if I lost my calendar, I would be confused. But I have to find those pockets every single day to recharge those batteries and like which, which part of my identity is going to get fed today. So... I know tomorrow I'm going to be physically tired because of my run. I have two dance classes I'm teaching tonight. So tomorrow I'll be physically tired. So rest is probably going to be on the horizon, but I also have to work at the wine shop. So I know I have to be outgoing. So there'll be some coffee involved in that too. <laughs> I, like I said, during COVID, I started to um, also treat myself to just the smaller things. Like when I go into work tomorrow, like I'm going to treat myself to a little coffee. I'm not going to make, I, I don't buy coffees every day. But on Wednesdays, I treat myself to a little coffee. It's that small little thing that just makes me happy. The caffeine obviously helps in some way. <clears throat> it also helps that I have a job that I really, really love and that I put a lot of myself into. So yeah, you know, it's hard to like really pinpoint what is the one thing that I can do to recharge my batteries because it runs the gambit of yoga and going out to dinner with my friends and sleeping in and taking a bath and, you know, having um, 
cooking in a kitchen is so cathartic for me. I open a bottle of wine, I listen to music, it's so much fun. Then you get to eat the final product, right? right? And then I'm usually tired after that. I'm usually, t- <laughs> I get tired after I done. eat. So yeah, every day is different, but I do make sure that there's something in that day that is just for me. So mm-hmm. when, I am, when I'm going to bed at night, I can, before I put my head to the pillow, I can think of that one good thing that I've done for myself today, something that has fed one of my identities. Is it intuitive? Do you wake up in the morning and go, what do I need today? Do you plan three days ahead? I know this is coming. I'm going to need this. I mean, sometimes, sometimes those things already happen. Like with my dance classes, those are set. Yeah. And um, like I said, cooking in the kitchen, sometimes those days are set. Like I can really only want to cook a couple of days a week because the other days I'm doing other things. I'm having to work at the wine shop. So on those days, I, I will find that I'm falling into a little bit more of a routine. I cook on Mondays and Wednesdays, mm-hmm. dance on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But then I have to find those other moments and like, when am I going to get a yoga class in this week? When am I going to get a walk in this week? When am I going to rest in this week? And sometimes those are chosen for me. Today, mm-hmm. I, I, I never set an alarm unless I have to wake up to catch a flight or something or something important. But I wake up when my body tells me to wake up. And sometimes it's 4.30 in the morning. Today it was 8.15. And I, I do not feel apologetic about that. I woke up, had my coffee. I did my day. I still got the things I needed to do today. Got some work in. Ran three miles. Doing a little podcast. So I've got all these different things that I'm doing. Um, it feeds me all in different ways. But nothing is really... Um, I don't really wake up in the morning and say, what do I need? I just kind of have to listen to my body and listen to like that, listen to that gut. Like, I mean, obviously if your refrigerator is empty and you've got nothing to eat, you want to cook, right? But you want to cook something in the kitchen that's going to make you happy while you're cooking it. Like last night we did spaghetti. How easy is that? But it was all of us, you know, tossing in little herbs and, you know, doing this to the dish while other people weren't looking like, well, I'm going to put breadcrumbs on top while she's not looking because that's going to make the top crispier. Mm-hmm. And my friend was like, oh, well, I put extra cheese on the bottom. So when we, so it was kind of fun that we all got to do that and just be kind of play around. But nothing every day is the same for me. I just have to really listen to what my body needs yeah. and more importantly, what it wants. And sometimes I have to force myself to do these things. Like I said, I hate running. If that could get that kind of results from not running from something, I would. But I also love the challenge, you know. I also love, like, that feeling of, like, when you're done, of doing something you don't want to do, you feel so accomplished. And then you can automatically treat yourself to something nice. Gosh, you're so intentional about this. <laughs> you're intentional about self-care. I feel lit up. I feel inspired. I feel like, right. let's go. Let's right. let's make this happen. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. nothing It's nothing makes you feel better. Like, I... I, I wish I had the ability to take vacations all the time and I don't, but there are a few things like every Thursday night I take a bath and I set this thing up. I'm talking like I've got the salts, I've got the bubbles, I've got the glass of wine. It's a production. It's a production. Yeah. I've got the candles. I've got a big two liter of water. I have my laptop in there so I can watch some sort of show and just really relax because it does so many things for me physically. It, you know, it feeds my muscles. Like by that time in the week, I'm kind of done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just coming off like four hours of dance. I probably run five miles that week. So I need that physical relaxation. It's also mentally relaxing because no one can reach me by the phone. It's time that I'm really putting for myself. And it's just a bath. But like it's... It's, it's it not tra- just a bath. No, it's not just a bath. Just a bath. It transports me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know this sounds weird, but like I've, I've been in my bathtub before and I've literally said, thank you. I've said, thank you to my bathroom or thank you to my <laughs> tub for giving me this opportunity to come in here and just like chill. And I'm usually in the tub for about 45 minutes, which when I tell people that they're like, wow, that's a long time. And I'm like, not really. No. I mean, that's, if you think about how many hours in the day you do things that you don't want to do that you have to do for other people. And then I'm spending 45 minutes in this tub, like comparatively speaking, that's perfectly imbalanced, but it's just the right amount of time that I need to decompress. And like I said, luckily I'm, you know, well, it's not even luckily, I'm grateful that I'm in the the industry that I'm in because I enjoy it. I love it. No two days are the same. Yeah. That's working in Ryan retail. You get to see a lot of different personalities and I thrive on that. 
And when I was managing restaurants, that was the one thing that I was missing because when you become a manager, very rarely do tables call you over to talk about how good everything is, right? Uh, You're usually putting out fires and it's negative and it's internalize all of that. I take it on too. Yeah. And because I, you know, I get it. These are, this is, you, you have every restaurant in the world to choose to go out to dinner and this is where you choose and you come to us and you have a bad experience for whatever reason. And now you're looking at me to solve it. And, you know, no matter what I do, you know, take some food off your bill or however, however I can solve it, it's still not going to change that experience for you. And that's usually what I end up going away with. And it weighed me down to the point where I was drinking more. Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't paying attention to that voice inside of me that was like, hey, you're imbalanced right now. Like Mm -hmm. I was going out, I was partying way too much. I was not paying attention to my life. And I just turned around one day and I'm like, I'm just not happy. Yeah. Like, this is just not in a happy, sp- I'm not in a happy space. And well, you were in hospitality for ever, mm-hmm. like since you were 17. That's right. That's yes. right. I mean, so. I just, I, I got into the restaurant industry because I mean, let's face it, you know, you're 16 years old and you want to have a job and it, you know, you're summertime, you're getting ready to go and to be a junior. And all I wanted was to make a little bit of money. So, I mean, I was working in restaurants as early as 16 and then um, got out of the industry in 2016. So So you left restaurants and went into wine retail. Is that how that happened? But along the way, you became a SOM. Yes, I became a sommelier when I was still working in the restaurant industry. I'd worked for this restaurant group for about, at that time, nine years. And when I passed this test, this incredibly challenging arduous test I had a plan I wanted you know this restaurant has a group they've got multiple restaurants and what I wanted to do was each restaurant has their own beverage director and I wanted to oversee all the beverage directors I wanted to kind of come in to restaurant and help you make this restaurant better right and when they didn't go for that I was like well I don't know if I see a future here for me because I don't want to continue doing what I'm doing I don't want to continue being the problem solver and the heat taker. And, you know, I, I was a person that hired people and fired people and trained people. And that's a lot of responsibility. That's a lot. Could we just live in joy? <sighs> yeah. That's hard. I mean, it is hard. It's hard. But hard you know, to take off. But the restaurant industry is what led me, you know, to I was this. always hovering around the wine world and um, it led me to being a sommelier. And when I left that restaurant, um, I did not have a plan. I just knew that I did not want to spend, I did not want to walk into another calendar year doing something that did not make me happy. And I'm not saying make me happy every day. I'm not saying I bounce out of bed and I'm Pollyanna sunshine, take some work, you know, a nice warm shower, a good pep talk, good cup of coffee. I have amazing customers like you that come in and brighten my day. Even if you're only in for a minute and only if you're, if you know, if you're only come in just to say hello I never got that when I worked in the restaurant industry. Yeah. And it that those little kernels feed you. And what happens is when you're not when you're not feeding those um identities that we talked about earlier, those little kernels come into play because you've planted those seeds within me and I'm you know, I may be busy and you come in and, and I just say, hey, whatever. But then like later on, if I'm feeling a little bit out of sorts. That's when I can rely on, well, Peter, like just, you had five people that came in and just said, hate you for another reason to say, hey, so think about that. And restaurant industry never gave me that. Um, It it was a joy to serve people and to put food and to feed people, but it just became a a place where I think I, I, I did the work and I was ready to close that chapter and move on to something else. And... So now you are, you, tell me your title at Highland Fine Wine. Yes, Highland yes. Fine Wine. Um, I, so I am a, a sommelier at Highland Fine Wine. Most of us are sommeliers at Highland Fine Wine. Which I think is so interesting about the business model there, but that yes. I could get because, sidetracked. Well, you're right, because most sommeliers, I mean, literally a third of your exam is a service portion of the program. And sommeliers are closely associated with restaurants. And while I might not be in a restaurant, I'm curating an experience for you. I ask all of my customers, 
you know, customers will come in, hey, can I help you find something? Yes, I'm looking for a bottle of red. Well, are you opening this for an occasion? Is this a gift or is this a specific dinner? I want to, I want to become part of that. So in a way, I am serving you. In a way, I'm, I'm not just, I'm, I don't just point out and say, well, my Pinot Noirs are over here. My name's Peter. Let me know if I can get you something. I'm a lot more invasive than that. Yeah. But that's what we built our brand on. We're a small, independently owned. Uh, I don't want to use the word mom and pop because it's, I mean, it is a mom and pop, but we're a neighborhood driven. I would say it's neighborhood. Neighborhood it's driven neighborhood and community place. focused yeah. wine shop. The wines that are in our shop directly reflect what our customers in the neighborhood want. And I tell people all the time, if there's a producer or a style of wine that you don't see on the shelf, talk to me about it. Let's get it. Because you're not going to get that kind of service at Publix. Now, granted, when I go out grocery shopping or if I'm out and about and I've been known to buy wine other places, but that's not the experience that you get there. You're doing that out of a convenience, right? But for us, you come for that experience. What do you wish people walking into the retail shop knew about wine? Like, what do you want to impart to them? Is it wine as a story? Is it wine as energy? How do you want to infuse that experience? Um, Well, each person is completely different. Mm -hmm. Some people, you know, want to come in and out. You know, they've got something in mind. They've got, I'm making lasagna for dinner tonight. And, you know, I can tell that I don't need to dazzle them with the story. I don't need to convince them of this bottle. Usually folks that, I'm, that I have to uh, talk to a little bit more are people that are looking for like a special occasion bottle, whether it be a gift, whether it be we're celebrating an anniversary. And in that moment, I have to take all the information that I know about wine and I have to distill it in less than a minute because you didn't come into the wine shop to hear me wax poetic for five minutes about champagne. I could. I could too. I could. <laughs> yeah. But I have to hit the high notes for yeah. you. And I think what I've learned and what's been the most invaluable asset to me in my arsenal of salesmanship, because I'm still selling a product, is I have to infuse how I feel about this wine. Because customers ultimately want to know two things. How does the wine taste? And do you like it? At the end of the day, you can tell them whatever story you want about the producer, the land, the soil. You can tell them, dazzle them with whatever information you have about that grape that particular region. But at the end of the day, they want to know, do you like it? How does this taste? Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to distill all of that in about a minute. Also, I like to let the customer kind of guide me. Sometimes it's as simple as a customer's like, I like this label. And hey, I think wine producers are hip to that. You know, I think that that's something that we've used as kind of a trope before like never judge a book by its cover but i think a lot of authors are starting to now have some i mean there's a reason why romance novels are as popular as they are people like those covers i mean i'm guilty i will buy based on the label sure and i will buy based on the story yeah you can tell me a story about who made this i it's like complete romance for me absolutely because i like all kinds of wine so tell me a story and i'm Sure. Yeah. And then. once you make once you make that purchase relatable, um, you know, I, right now I'm selling a lot of wines that I would drink in the summertime, and then I always mm-hmm. relate it to like these. This wine would be perfect when you've got your toes dipped in the pool at seven thirty at night. Ah. Uh, I mean, come on, we've all yeah, done that. Yeah, you just created an experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Or like you know, this would be so good when you're hanging out with your friends and you've got some burgers on the grill. Like immediately that smell of burgers mm. just, and it just hit you right it now too. Did. Well, I, I don't eat the meat, but <laughs> the smell of veggie burgers just like wafted over well, me. <laughs> and just, and it's summertime, right? Or if I yeah. said something like, you know, I can create an experience like, you know, this wine is perfect when you're at the end of the day, right when you kick your shoes off and it's the first class one, you've been thinking about it all day long mm. and you come home and it's something that like you deserve, you've earned it, you've made it through your day. And the whole process of it, I, I love. I love. I love taking. I love popping that cork. I love uh, the little glug glugs when you're pouring it out. Yeah. I like that first sip. I have learned. This is another self care thing that I've learned is that I have to make sure that like I'm also taking care of myself when I'm drinking wine. If I'm treating myself in that way, mm-hmm. I've got to balance that with something else. So as much as I like wine, I have to like make sure I get that water in. To the older I've gotten, I feel like wine doesn't always. Um, 
one makes me super sleepy and I have to make sure that I stay awake just so it can process. It's got full, full, filled with sugar. So you want to make sure that you can, your body can process that because otherwise if it doesn't, it'll wake you up in the middle of the night. You'll be super hot. Have to use the bathroom. It's hard to go back to sleep. Yeah. Then you get frustrated at three o'clock in the morning and you just created this experience for yourself. Like that's frustrating at 3 a.m. You shouldn't be frustrated. Yeah, let's not do that. So you have to balance those things. Didn't you have a section called Porch Pounders at some point? We did have a section Uh called Porch Pounders. And um, it's It's such a Southern visual. It is. It is. You know, for me, I'm the kind of person that has friends that come over constantly all the time. I'm also the kind of person that I'm never sure up empty handed at a friend's house. If Mm -hmm. you're calling me over for it, we're going to grill out or we're just going to hang out. I'm going to bring a bottle of something over to your house just because that's the way I've been raised. And hopefully we're going to open that bottle. I mean, let's, I feel like that's also um, something that people that buy wine should learn. Like you should take a bottle of wine over to someone's house when you're showing up as a guest. And that needs to be a bottle of wine that you would like to drink with that guest. Like it needs to be something that should be shared. Mm. I mean, obviously you should try to skew the wine to something the guests would want to drink. But you should want to drink that too. You should want to share that with them. What I love about a bottle of wine, there's so many different stories to tell from, like I said, the grape, the region. I could talk to you about the producer. I mean, listen, I could, if I start talking to you about wines from Campania, Italy, and I set that tone, like imagine you're on the Amalfi Coast and you're enjoying a seafood tower you know, overlooking the island of Capri and you can smell that salty air and you feel the sun on your shoulders. Right? I mean, you're you're buying that bottle of wine. Well, okay, let's talk about what we're drinking because right now it's crazy that you brought that up because the glasses we're drinking it out of come from the Amalfi Coast. Wow. Come from a little town in Ravello that is so close to my heart. I mean, a little town on the Amalfi Coast, Ravello, so close to my heart. Um, and then you brought that up because it's one of my favorite <laughs> places in the world. So what what are we drinking out of these Italian hand-blown glasses? Uh, well, first of all, these glasses are fabulous and perfect for, I like how they have the little indentations because you can rest your hand in the glass. Mm-hmm. So that way, if the glass happens to have some condensation, it won't slip out of your hand. Also, whoever knew that you needed a thumb rest, but I love it. Are the they glass, great? The little indentions. We're actually drinking... My favorite region in the world is Champagne. We're drinking uh, B.A. Carte Semel uh, Brut Rosé. And just so everybody knows, people in Champagne love to drink Champagne. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they usually drink rosés, specifically rosés, when they're celebrating something. Because regular Champagne is thought to be common. It's every day. Mm-hmm. But then when you're celebrating, you drink rosé because rosé wines are just a little bit more special. Um, There's a little bit more work that goes into technical work that goes into making rosé, which is why commonly you will find rosés will be a little bit more expensive than their golden counterparts, whether it be a Blanc de Noir, Blanc de Blanc. Why is it the skin contact or? Um, Well, it is the technique that that they use to make it. um, And it's uh, that they make a lot less of it. So rosés typically are sought after in this American market. We love our pink bubbles here. Um, and there are certain places, I mean, I can, I can just off the top of my head, there's some places that I know in Spain that only make rosé for the American market. But yeah, rosés, I mean, champagne is a drink that's meant for luxury and um, celebration. But rosés to me just make everything just a little bit more special. And the fact that it's pink in these glasses and it's also like 95 degrees outside, bright and sunny. I don't know. I think these glasses are perfect for this time of year. So you did good. I'm going to pour you a little bit more. Cheers. Let's do that, friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's something about champagne to me. Like, I just feel like life should be celebrated. Life is a celebration if we decide to look at it that way. And there's nothing that champagne doesn't go with. Sure, (laughs) sure. I'm just hopping around. Yeah, you're right, there's nothing, I can honestly pair champagne with everything. And you know, that's why for the longest time I had, I just recently rebranded myself on Instagram. You can follow me at, um, at the real champagne Pete. 
Uh, again, that's at the real Champagne Pete's. We'll drop it in the show notes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I only usually post things about me dancing. Uh, I like to post uh, about me eating and me drinking. And I, it's no secret to anybody that knows me that champagne is the thing that I love to bring to parties, open at my house. I usually will drink a bottle of champagne on Sunday. Sunday is usually my day to like, I'm going to sound like such a, like a grandpa, but <laughs> I, make, I make my coffee. I do my New York Times crossword puzzle. <laughs> I, I love, love it. This. I go to yoga on Sundays. Uh-huh. I usually have a little day of like, I'm, I, I get my world in order, get all the clothes off of my chair in my room. We all have that chair. Uh, get the clothes off my chair, tidy up a little bit. But while I'm doing this, I have a bottle of champagne open. And like while I'm in, I'm like, you know, folding clothes in my, in my bedroom, I'm sipping champagne. And then I decide that I'm going to do the crossword puzzle and I'll sip on a little bit of champagne. Or I decide I want to sit on my balcony and just enjoy outside. Like I live in Midtown in a high rise. So sitting outside of my patio, my sun drenched patio is one of my guilty pleasure. So that's, that's not even nice guilty because I don't feel guilty you about it. feel guilty about that. I feel like I need to pair your, so for the longest time, I went through this phase where I did the housework on Sundays in a tiara because that just made me feel like a little extra. I know that's random, but I feel like a tiara and champagne would get that laundry folded so fast. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that you have an intention behind that too. Like, I mean, let's face it. No one really enjoys folding laundry. I don't, it's, it's, and for me, it's, even doing the crossword puzzle can be frustrating and, um, but you have to make it a little, you have to make it fun. You gotta do it. You gotta gotta do do it. it. And, you know, I love listening to my jazz music, but like yesterday we had like Madonna was blasting. We were with my friends at the lake and they had all gone down to the lake and I was the only one inside this huge house. And I'm like, they all wanted to go on the boat. I just wasn't feeling it. And I just wanted to kind of be by myself and not be Debbie Downer, but I wanted to recharge my batteries. Yeah. I wanted to take a nap. I had a king size bed uh, and it was luxurious with a blackout curtain in my room. But then once I got up, I'm like, all right, let's pop some champagne. I blasted some Madonna. I got a load of laundry done. Like this is while I'm at the lake. I'm literally washing the clothes that I wore at the lake so I could come home with clean clothes I didn't want to have to do clothes, you know. I do that all the time. Yeah. I do that all the time. If I am somewhere on vacation and I have a washing machine, I will wash it to come home because that's how I want to return. Well, you have to wash it when you get home and then you just, I don't know. It's it's easier for me to just take the clothes out of my um, suitcase and put them on the hangers Mm -hmm. and then I'm done with my vacation. Then I can use the energy that I've uh, stored in myself because vacations are a form of self-care and even whilst on vacation... You've got to find those things because let's face it, traveling can be stressful. I'm a huge proponent of your vacation should start the minute that like, if you're taking an Uber to the airport, that's when your vacation should start. Mm -hmm. Get an Uber black, spend a little bit of money on yourself, get to the airport. And I cannot express this enough. Whatever time you get there, get there an hour earlier. Because listen, there's a place where you can go, just be there. There's a place where you can go and have a drink. There's a place where you can go and just chill. You're not going to feel so, um, because listen, we're all traveling and it's crazy right now. uh, Just the amount of people that are there. So to take that stress off of your plate, to get somewhere an hour early where you can just exhale Watch the people. Uh, it's the best. I love to sit it, and watch people at the airport. Or strike up a conversation with a complete stranger because yes. here's the thing. It's got, that's got an expiration date. I love to go into um, hotels uh, when I travel. And not just the hotels that I'm staying at, but different hotels. Because the hotel you're staying at, you have to see those people. Right. You but need to get out of the space. Right. Yeah. But different hotels you go to and you can just kind of cozy up to someone and strike up a conversation. And you can literally be whoever you want to be. And it's the, and I know I always frame that in such a way, like I'm such a positive outgoing person. I don't really feel the need to be anybody else. Like when people ask me how I'm doing and I say that I'm doing great and I'm doing great. And I usually have to dial that back. Like I just feel super and fantastic, but it's because I, I do those little things that feed me. Striking up a conversation with a stranger. That's why I love to travel so solo. I, I have collected friendships all over the world yes. just by yeah. going to a bar by myself and just being open yeah. 
to whoever's sitting next to me. Right. And, you know, and subconsciously, though, after the conversation, you feel good because like you may have tapped into something like I was talking to someone recently and this talking to this guy at the bar and we were talking about cancer and I kind of related that, you know, we've all had deaths that have touched us, especially cancer related deaths. And, you know, he was just explaining that his best friend had died of cancer. And then at the end of it, he was like, you know, thank you so much for like, just letting me talk about it. He's like, I've kind of had this bottled up inside. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I didn't feel like he, and he didn't unload on me. It wasn't like he was crying over his whiskey. Mm -hmm. But just to be able to talk to somebody about it. You were a safe space. Right. Because you weren't in it. And a complete stranger. And I didn't feel the need to, I feel like you also reach a point when you're an adult where I don't feel the need to like, let's get our numbers and like, let's, let's hang out. No, we're good. It's, it is what it is. And we're going to let this be. And if we're, if I'm meant to see you, the universe will put me in front of you again. Cause they put me in front of you now. Um, now, there are some times I don't really like to have conversation, like we mentioned traveling. If I'm on a flight, uh-uh, <laughs> I've usually got my sunglasses on, my hair looks like Helena Bonham Carter, um, I've got one of those like neck pillows on, and I wear the neck pillow reversed because I usually like dip my head down, so I turn the oh, neck yeah. pillow around. Um, I don't, I, I, I will let people know when my but my bubble is ready to be entered. hundred <laughs> percent. I used to travel so much for work, like every week. And you think that you put your headphones on and they're going to get the signal, but not everybody gets the signal. And sometimes you have to be prepared to say, hey, I'm not talking right now. Love right. you. Not talking right now. Right. We'll have five minutes at the right. end as we deplane and I will hear your life right. story, right. but not now. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, Ashley, I, I think as much as, you know, I mentioned earlier about the feeding, the identities, mm-hmm. setting boundaries for yourself is one of the healthiest things that you can do in your life. And also realizing that like people are going to cross those boundaries because not, you don't wear your boundaries like a badge. Yeah. We all have them, but it's, for me, it's I'm kind of related to like dogs. Like some dogs don't like to get their feet touched. And some dogs will nip at you. Some dogs will full on bite you. So you have to decide when someone crosses that boundary, what dog are you going to be? Mm-hmm. Like gently tell somebody, you know, and of course, if this person still doesn't get the message, you may have to nip and then you may have to bite. You may have to actually just let that person go. But people don't know what your boundaries are until you kind of tell them. They don't know what's triggering. They don't know what's going to bring up certain things that make you feel some kind of way, but it's our responsibility to be able to communicate that with people the way that we want to be communicated to. Yeah. I've had someone tell me recently and it has stuck with me, like you are the star of your life. You're the star. And when you realize that, when you realize the power that you've got in your life, that you are the main fucking attraction and it's okay. Sometimes you're not going to be that person that is likable. You know, there may be a character on your favorite show that does something and you don't like what that character does, but haven't you done that too? Like, but forgiving yourself and realizing that the sun's going to rise again tomorrow. And there's not a problem that can't be fixed. Forgiving yourself is ultimately going to lead you to being that successful person. But once you realize that you're the star, man, you start to live your life with active intention you're you're an active participant in your own life but that's a lot of things i know that i just that i think i probably just pulled out of the garden well that's just joy that's just joy that's your abundance that's your abundant spirit that's you just meeting people and loving on them and i used to when i used to travel all the time there was right next to the check-in line there was this big billboard sign and it said you are your chief life officer you're your clo it's so true. You are. You are in control of how right. you show up every day, how you love on people, how you nourish yourself. Mm-hmm. All of that is your and choice. More importantly, you're in you're in charge of how you react to every single thing. And I know this sounds so completely like uh, we've heard this before, but the only thing you can control is yourself. And like once you really start to once you start to get past like oh I've heard that before because. You've heard it, but you're not listening to it. Mm-hmm. And you're also not enacting it. And you're also poo-pooing it away when it's the best advice that someone can give you. The only thing you can control is yourself. If there's a situation that you don't like, you get to control how you react to that. You get to control how it makes you feel. 
because that's also something that I've taken out of my vocabulary. I've actively tried to take certain phrases out of my vocabulary. I, I don't like to say, well, this is how you make me feel. Well, I like to use I statements. To have some agency yes. over this. Right, yeah. and ownership of it. Yes. Because that person across from you may not even know that that's how you feel. Well, There's so many key components. There are. There if are. you're thoughtful about it. They are. Yeah. But I think, it's, honestly, being able to communicate and how we speak to each other and how we speak to ourselves, mm. I think is super important. Um, I, I, I like to do little affirmations for myself. I've got little, like, sticky little notes all in my house. Do you? I, I had... Um, a mirror with sticky notes all over it. Yeah. And my 13 year old daughter was like, hmm, mom, there's a lot going on in your bathroom. <laughs> right. Well, and I've got one in my bathroom that yeah. says you are everything you need in this moment. Yeah. And I've had that with me. It was a little sticker that I just happened to write. And I've had that with me for four years. It's been there for me for four years. And I've got some things that I put on my refrigerator and I take some things down. But like, listen, if you don't tell yourself that you're going to have a nice day, I can't expect that someone else, like, I'm supposed to wait until 11 o'clock for someone to tell me to have a nice day. No. Half my day's gone. When I wake up in the morning, before I put my feet on the bed, I mean, on the floor, out of the bed, onto the floor, mm-hmm. that thing that we do. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, something amazing is going to happen today. Something really special. Right. Something really magical. I don't know what it right. is. It's not on the to-do list. Right. But something magical is going to happen today. Mm-hmm. And you have to be ready to receive it. Yeah. And that, and. Honestly, that magical could be something in the physical form. It could be something in your, it could, like I said, feed your creative side. It could feed your spiritual side. It could also just be a day if you're laying on the sofa and doing absolutely nothing and having Chinese food all day long. What feels magical right now? Right. Right. I mean, it, it could be a bath. It could be putting on your favorite tiara and doing housework because at the end of the day guess what your housework got done Ooh, and it feels so it good it feels so good also being open to letting yourself feel good i think is something that we don't do mm-hmm. enough of mm-hmm. for years um i was in the dance industry and i still dance but i still look- want to talk about that by the way <laughs> <laughs> but looking at yourself in a mirror and seeing that reflection back and, you know, dancers, we all, we're all striving per, for perfection. Like I'm watching someone, I'm watching a choreographer do a step and I want to do it exactly like that choreographer. But then the choreographer's like, well, put your own thing into it. But then that starts to blur the lines of like, well, how am I interpreting this versus what you've given me? And dance to me is, is such a creative art because, um, you're taking steps that someone is giving you and you're putting your own self into it. It's almost like someone's like, here, take this book and I want you to rewrite this book. So is that choreography? Because I know nothing about dance, but I know that you you are a choreographer and a dancer. Like, you, Are you given a script like in theater and then you interpret it? Um, well, I mean, honestly, dancers learn things by eight counts, right? So okay. we can listen to a song and you can definitely choreograph from the lyrics. I mean, there's a lot of dance like ballet that don't have lyrics. It's all musical based, but those ballets tell a story. Yeah. But you have to be able to tell that story through movement. And um, it's, uh, and then you have like tap dance tells a story through rhythm and sound. And dance has so many different aspects to it, but it's, it allows me to be creative in that I can, if I had a piece of music and I choreographed an eight count and I asked you to do the same thing, we would interpret it completely different. We would hear different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a long time, I was involved in the music world. I started playing violin when I was way, way little okay. and started playing clarinet after that. And I went to school and thought I was going to be a music major. I quit dancing for a little while because I didn't see a career for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was also back in the 80s. So there wasn't the opportunities that there are now because now you can actually live in Atlanta and get booked for a gig in LA and fly back and forth. But back then they needed you to be, if you weren't training in in Los Angeles, if you weren't taking classes where these choreographers could see you, they didn't know who you were because we didn't have TikTok. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have YouTube. I, I don't even have to leave my house and I can take a class from somebody that lives in Sweden. But just by following his YouTube channel, and yes, I know I'm not getting the experience, but like, when am I ever going to take a class in Sweden? 
But being able to have that technology is so great. And it's, it's opened up so many doors that I just didn't see that I had a future for myself. So I quit dancing. And it wasn't until I was a junior in college that I took a dance class as a PE because I needed to have PE credits. I know. Insert eye roll. What, right? what are we doing here? But I mean, it's honestly, I can't, I can't discount the fact that that's what brought me back to dance. See, I took theories and practice of coaching baseball. Love it. I mean, it was a good looking crowd. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was fun. For sure. I mean, it was a, <laughs> it was a fun, I, I, I knew that once I got back into dancing, I, I didn't really know what was going to be the outcome of that. I knew that I was going to be good. I knew this yeah. was a jazz class. I knew that it was, it's a pass or fail situation. So all you have to do is show up. Well, I showed up and I fell in love with it so much and mm -hmm. it completely changed the course of my life, becoming a dancer. And like I said, even with the limited amount of opportunities, I was still able to create a life for myself in the world of dance. Well, okay. If, if someone has not ever been to a dance class, how does somebody even get started? Because I got a little rhythm, but I got, I don't know. I got no soul, maybe. Right. How do you, what does that look like day one? Because I would think that's a little intimidating. Oh, totally intimidating. The one yeah. thing that adults don't want to ever be is a beginner at anything. Yeah. Adults, it's so hard to do, to, to step into the unknown, but I've, I've never seen somebody come out of a, a class not feeling better about themselves at the end. Mm. Are you a better dancer? I mean, are you, are you going to audition for a Madonna? Probably not. But I also don't think that that's your goal in mind. I think your goal in mind in the beginning should just be to get through the class. And I think as an adult, the first barrier that you have to, the first mountain that you have to climb is getting over yourself. <laughs> You're going to look like a, a dork, but there's a whole class full of dorks. That's what's so great about it. And as soon as you stop caring about yeah. that, as soon as like you stop caring like and put having fun over, I'm afraid I'm going to look like a dork. And I told everybody in the beginning, I'm like, this experience, you're going to get out of this experience exactly what you put in it. But I'm, we're not going to be our rehearsals for Friday nights. I told them on night one, I'm like, I'm not giving up the next eight Fridays so we can come in here and not have the best time possible. But that means that you have to put in a little bit of work. Like nothing in life is ever handed to you at all. But here's the thing, the golden ring is not that far away. It's the holding on to it that's hard. Getting the golden ring, you're gonna get that by hook or by crook, by studying, by tenacity. Holding on to it takes determination. And as Elizabeth Taylor said, guts and guile. And it takes you being so frustrated at times and it takes you being so elated at times. It's a journey and that's like anything in life. And to answer your question in the most like cir circuitous, circuitous. yes <laughs> a circular way um you should start by taking a beginner dance class but just know that that's going to take you on a journey just like when i teach yoga i've never had someone walk out of a yoga class saying that they felt worse than when they came in now they may not know what the heck just happened in class you know they don't may they may not know what you know some of these poses mean in Sanskrit, if I'm asking you to do a Surya Namaskar A, and they're just like, what is that? But that's because you're not ready to hold on to that just yet. In the beginning, you've got to think big picture. Like I said, sweat, burn some calories, have a good time. But what about, so, but you go from beginner to Falcons cheerleaders. What are you doing there? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I, it's, I, this is going to sound so, um, backwards but teaching advanced dancers is actually easier than teaching beginner dancers advanced dancers we know how to make things advanced mm -hmm. and advanced dancers already have that that seed inside of them we talked about seeds or that seed is planted inside of them so firmly it's got roots mm -hmm. so these dancers are going to go home and they're going to practice the beginner may not mm -hmm. like if i go to teach class tonight and i have a semi-professional dancer in my class that person's likely going to practice this at least when they get home the beginner dancer is not going to do it again probably until next week but when you start to shift that and you're like all right maybe i do need to practice this and put a little bit of effort into this 10 minutes i, I told my girls that just performed with me i was like if you go home and you practice take 30 minutes out of your day and practice every day. By the time you get back to our next rehearsal, you will have rehearsed approximately three hours. Our rehearsal, by the way, is an hour and a half. 
So like, just think what you can do in 30 minutes time. And that's with anything. Well, I feel like we're getting close, right? We're running out of time. You've got to go teach dance classes. Mm -hmm. So I would love to know, like, if you just wanted to leave the people with a thought about love or life or music or art or wine or all the things that light this whole world up. Right. Like, what would it be? I would strongly encourage people to, like, try try that class that you've been wanting to try. Take that vacation you've been wanting to take. Book the flight now. Like, stick your toes in the sand. Open up your expensive bottle of wine. Put on your tiara while you're doing your laundry. Sing out loud when you want to sing out loud. Spend your day on the sofa. Cry yourself to sleep. Eat a box of chocolates. When you start to feed that part of yourself that you're not feeding, that's when everything else just kind of opens up. Mm -hmm. And it can be as simple as something, like I said, as a bath or as a, a sticky note on your refrigerator that says, have a wonderful day. Or telling yourself, setting that boundary and telling yourself, I can't do this today because I don't have the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. If it's reading that book, if it's doing that crossword, if it's, you know, taking a yoga class, spending time with a friend, whatever it is, do it. And do it 100%. Full throttle. Don't take your foot off the glass. And then when, when you have those moments of reflection, bask in it. Like just, it's, it just, it feeds me so much when I can read through my journals and something I did a year ago. And I'm like, oh, I did this a year ago. And it's and I'm like, how did this make you feel? I have an app on my phone when I run. And we all know that Peter hates running. And at the end of it, you rate your experience by a smiley face. And it goes from like really happy yeah. to like sad face. Cause there are some runs where I'm just like, uh. but I can tell you right now, Ashley, I've done 300 miles on this app. All of my runs end with a super happy smiley face because at the end of your journey is the destination and you have to be happy about that. And you've got to decide who you're going to be along that journey because when you get to that destination, it's only you in the mirror. So I think that's probably. You are, you are to me, you are a diamond. Oh, thank you. And I say that because diamonds are multifaceted. Right. And the reason diamonds are cut to be multifaceted is because the more facets they have, the more light they reflect. Right. And you reflect so much light. Thank you. <laughs> You're a diamond. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I will take that with me and... That you sent me a text today and you said that I have boundless energy and like I really don't. I I, I I probably sound like I do. I just I know that I've got to be able to take the time that I need to have for myself in order to give the energy that I need to give to everything else. And that's after super yeah, after talking to you today, I think it's less that you have boundless energy and it's more that you harness your energy sure. in a way that allows it to expand. And shine your brilliance. Yeah. So thank you. Thank oh, you for the time you sure, spent today. Sure. I would love to do this again. I felt like this was, uh, we were very freewheeling and having a conversation today. I love it. I kind of got actually a little misty a couple of times just yeah. thinking about, well, you know, when you talk about certain things, you never know what avenue it's going to take you down. Yeah. Because you did ask me some very introspective questions, painting with big strokes. And then I wanted to talk very detailed just about my experience, but I had such a great time talking today. This time. is gonna this is gonna feed me for a I while. Yeah. Well look, I've done life scripted. Mm. I I'm here for the unscripted Absolutely. version of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for going on the unscripted I version. Just, I love it. I it's mean so there's, good. there's some song like, you know, the rest of your life is still unwritten and I'm like, oh, I just love that. Natasha like Bedingfield. Well, yeah. The, yeah, the pages, like, I mean, the pages behind you are already written. They're there. Yeah. But then the pages going forward are all blank. And you get to decide what's on those pages. And even if, you know, even through the good times and the bad, you get to decide who you are in that journey. Right? Mm -hmm. You get to decide that. And I think that is so powerful. It doesn't mean that you have to have a stiff upper lip and you know that you have to be Pollyanna sunshine. Like I said, it's okay to have a day where you cry yourself to sleep. It's okay to have a day on the sofa and eat 
$70 worth of Indian food. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's the best. It's, it is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're going to get through that and you're going to feel better. You know, whether it be a tough day, whether it be a dance class, your first dance class, whether it be a three mile run at 11 o'clock in Atlanta. Oof. Oof. Hot days, I'm, yeah. I made it here today. Thank you, you so much for having me. I loved every this minute so of much this. so much fun. Cheers, friend. Cheers, friends. isn't sheer delight, then I don't know what is. Here are the takeaways. Here are a list of, man, I mean, I could write so many things here, but let's go. Number one, Peter said, I wanted to live life more full throttle and be more technicolor. How great is that? Technicolor. To do that, I have to focus on my own self-care in order to be that light for other people. Number two, We have different identities, a spiritual identity, a creative identity, a physical identity, and we cultivate these like plants. They each need water, but in different amounts and at different times, and no two days ever look alike, but we have to find those pockets of time every single day to recharge our batteries that is the question is which part of my identity will get fed today number three and i've said this before so it made my heart so happy to hear peter say this alone isn't lonely it doesn't have to be lonely it can be really beautiful number four Peter said, I was not paying attention to my life. I was not happy. And when I left the restaurant business, I did not have a plan. I just knew that I did not want to spend another calendar year doing something that did not make me happy. Again, simpatico, folks, this is why I left the law firm and why Peter's story resonates so much. I, I just didn't want to spend another calendar year doing something that did not make me happy. Whew, that's a journey, yeah? Number five, as a sommelier, Peter is curating an experience for you. How does he do this? He asks questions and he stays curious about each person individually. And he says, at the end of the day, customers really want to know, number one, do you like it? And number two, how does this taste? And he lets the customer guide the experience and he really works to make the purchase relatable. And I think that's so important, no matter what your business is. I I think there's a big takeaway there. How do I let the customer guide me and how can I make this purchase relatable? I love that. Number six, oh, this is one of my favorites. People in Champagne, France, um, in that region, love to drink champagne, but usually they drink rosé champagne when they're celebrating something. There's something a little bit extra that goes into the production of pink bubbles, and it makes everything a little bit more special. Number seven, Sundays, why not have a bottle of champagne open while doing the housework and then finish up by sitting on a sun-drenched patio? Why not? But put the intention behind it to make even the chores fun. Number eight, when traveling, strike up a conversation with a stranger that has an expiration date. You can be whoever you want to be. Be open and even if you decide to, Be a safe space for strangers to share their stories with you. Number nine, setting boundaries for yourself is one of the healthiest things you can do in your life. When someone crosses that boundary, decide what kind of dog are you going to be? Will you nip? Will you bite? People don't know what's triggering, but it's our responsibility to communicate that. Number 10, You are the star of your life. When you realize the power you have in your life, you are the main fucking attraction. And then you become an active participant in your life. You are your own chief life officer. Amen. Yeah. Number 11. 
you are in charge of how you react to every single thing. We've heard this before, but the only thing you can control is yourself. You get to control how you react. We've heard this, but we're not always listening to this advice, but it is the best advice you can hear. Number 12, be open to letting yourself feel good. Number 13, adults don't want to be a beginner. The first mountain you have to climb is getting over yourself. Be okay with looking like a dork. Yeah. Number 14, you're going to get out of this experience exactly what you put into it. It takes being frustrated at times and elated at times. In the beginning, when it's hard, Think big picture, think long-term. Number 15, practice. Just think what you can do with 30 minutes time. It adds up so fast. And number 16, at the end of your journey is the destination. Decide who you're going to be. The pages before you are written, but the pages ahead are unwritten and you get to decide. Peter says, I like to post about me dancing, me eating, and me drinking. <laughs> yeah. So follow him on Instagram at The Real Champagne Pete and let him know how much you enjoyed this. And if you happen to be in our neighborhood, stop by Highland Fine Wine or take a dance class at Dance 101. You'll be so glad you did. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing this conversation. And I'll be right back here with you next week. I'm so grateful to be sharing stories with you. I hope you have an amazing week and I'll talk with you real soon.